Hi, welcome to the first episode of Will You Tell It All? I would like to thank everyone who listened to the trailer episode of this podcast. I really appreciate your time and for those who really took time and effort as well to send me a message. It's just really overwhelming. I really appreciate you guys. So today's guest, I met this girl last year. She's from my homeland, a fellow traveler, strong, independent woman, Mayan from Mayan Around Town. Hi, Mayan. Hi, Anna. Thank you so much for having me for your podcast. And congratulations, by the way. I'm really proud of you. Thank you so much for gracing this interview. So you are traveling. I am. I'm on a round-the-world trip, and I'm starting with Southeast Asia. So how long will you be on the road for? Um, I've been on the road for five months now, and I'm planning to go on maybe two or three years more. <laughs> That's a long time. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a, it's a, fan. it's a dream. Um, so it's more of like I'm taking it step by step. I'm doing Asia first, and then next year try to do the Americas, North, Central, and South America. A lot of a lot of things to consider, but the idea is to have uh two or three years of traveling. So how did you come up with the idea of traveling solo? Um, I've actually been traveling solo since my uni days. Um, I joined a debate team. Which um, is crazy. Yes. Because Mayan and I were both debaters oh. back into university. And we have lots of common a friends. A lot of common friends. But the irony is we never met. We never met. We never <laughs> met. We just met. Last we met year. last year in November. Yeah. During my first time here in Bangkok, actually. Yeah. <laughs> And we went to Kaosan. Yes, that, that was, was really fun. That was that was, yeah. that was that was a crazy, crazy night. Yeah. So you started traveling mm-hmm. when you were in the university. Yes. So um, a lot of the trips in the debate team would be tournaments outside of the city. So that really made me think, wow, I have this opportunity to experience traveling. Um, but since, of course, it's in a team. Um, I tried venturing out on my own every now and then. Because it was very limited, like the itinerary. Yeah, was because very when limited. you're traveling with a in a debate team, you have to go to the tournament. You have to set you have to follow a schedule. And you know, usually your flights are booked the day before the tournament and the day after the tournament. And so slowly I would extend my my return ticket back home would be a week later, for example. Um, but still it was traveling with friends and then slowly one time I had one semester where I had a long weekend every week and so i would t- take those three days friday saturday sunday and venture out around the country does your mom know that she didn't know <laughs> no she knows. now she does um, <laughs> but i would lie to her and be like hey mom i'm just gonna sleep over at my friend's house and she said okay <laughs> next thing you know i'm on a flight to i don't know somewhere in the north or in iloilo anywhere so your mom never knew that you were traveling solo? No, but I did tell her when I started working because, of course, it felt like it was lying and I don't like lying. And how did she take that? Like, um, Because, you know, in the Philippines, like when you're a woman and you're traveling solo, people would frown upon it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm actually pretty lucky because my mom is quite progressive. Okay. Yeah, wow. so I don't know. How was, how was your family like? My mom, she wasn't that progressive. <laughs> <laughs> like, she would go not. It would drive her crazy when yeah. she would call me and she would be like, where are you? And I wouldn't be in Manila. I would be in Mindoro or I would oh, be no. in, like, somewhere in the north. <laughs> yeah, so h- how about your mom? I wouldn't say she's 100% progressive because, you know, it's hard for a Filipino mother who grew up in a very conservative country 
I think she's the she's the odd one out. I think she wants to be progressive and she really tries hard to be. Um, so when I would tell her about my trips, she you could see it in her face that she's half upset yeah she's half upset but she's half excited for you because okay i think this is something that she would have done when she was young she's she's a very open-minded person let you know a little secret when it was at my first year in uni she even told me like okay your friday curfews are 3 a.m and so i was like wait what 3 a.m yeah and i was only 17 mine was like 10 (laughs) p.m yes like my aunt would literally call me and like ring my phone like but she had conditions like as long as you tell her where i and they're very rational as long as you tell her where you are who you're with that's fine and so coming from that i thought she seems like a very like i said progressive person so i think open-minded very open-minded and you know every time i would joke about seeing boys and stuff like that like she would just she tries to not judge me or she tries not to scold me because you know she's trying to listen more to me and my experiences instead of telling me don't do this don't do that no boyfriends she's never said that she's always saying be careful or just be smart about things i think every listener right now is wishing that their (laughs) parents or their mom is like your mom yeah i understand because a lot of the filipino mothers or just filipino parents in general are very strict yeah my mom couldn't still wrap it in her head that i'm actually traveling outside the philippines and living outside the philippines literally now yeah like i think right now she's a bit more relaxed about it because Mm -hmm. she's now used to it i've been out of the country and you're older yeah so she's kind of like okay like do whatever you want yeah tell me like how did this traveling for years come up to you (laughs) oh it's it's always been a dream when you start traveling your whole, your own country, the whole place, you kind of like want to branch Wish out. Wish to go out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the farthest dream would be South America. Oh, oh that's my exactly God. my dream. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, realistically, uh-huh. man, it is not easy to get visas. Oh, absolutely. So I thought I should start traveling, you know, visa-free countries. And since I'm not, I don't have that much money, it would be easier to start with the cheaper countries and visa-free hence southeast asia hence why i'm here (laughs) how did you plan for it i honestly didn't have a plan i just just winged it i winged it yeah after uni maybe i worked one or two years and i thought i could save a little bit of money and then i said okay at 23 i'm gonna go out i'm gonna do this i'm gonna travel how old are you now i'm oh no (laughs) in two days i'll be no, in three days, I'll be 28. But you don't look 28, <laughs> Oh, <though>. shut up. <laughs> Asian jeans, that's yeah. my secret. <laughs> Asians look really younger. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I was supposed to do this trip five years, about five years ago. But something personal happened. I couldn't push through the trip. Then last year, I said, this is it. This is time. It's time. And then I brought the idea up to my mom. And here's the coolest thing. My mom bought my ticket out. Okay, can she be my mom as well? <laughs> Tita, if you're listening right now, I'm so much willing to be your daughter. Like, can you buy me a ticket? Well, well? The, che- the, the flights are very cheap. Like, okay, when, to, to where was it? My first stop was um, Malaysia. Because I had met so many Malaysians last year and the last few years, and I absolutely love them. And I just thought, you know what? Okay, Malaysia was never in my radar. It was just like, I, I met friends there, so I said, why I not? I love Malaysia. That's the thing. It's crazy it's, how it's my favorite oh, country. Penang is actually one of my oh, favorite so towns. Good, like, yeah. It's just 
It's a haven for food. Absolutely crazy, amazing, delicious yes. food. I'm already oh drooling thinking about all those food right now. And you'll never get out of Penang without a Penang belly. No, I, I currently have a Penang belly. I was just there two weeks ago. So Malaysia was your first stop. Mm -hmm. How was the initial experience? Were you scared? Very much so. Um, the first fear was in the Philippines, which is, as we all know, immigration sucks. Immigration sucks. Yes. I that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, just a little backstory. I was supposed to do another trip 2012. I was supposed that was to six years ago. But yeah, about six years ago. I was supposed to go to Singapore for a very short trip that my dad uh, bought me for after graduation. Okay. And at the immigration, they asked me all these questions. And they were very good at it because they intimidated me and I was very young. And I got scared. I, I just, I, they asked me for an invitation letter, which they, sh they don't, don't have to, by the way, because we're visa-free for Singapore. Yeah. Um, but they really intimidated me and made me think I was wrong and that I couldn't go to Singapore. And so you they got offloaded. They offloaded me. And that's the fear of every single Filipino yes. going out of the country. Yes. Which so is like crazy. It's so stupid because it's like, you. it's a visa-free country. It is. You're supposed to be able to go there with no problems. You know, you don't even need to print a bank certificate. You just go. And so I, I cried and went home. And that fear lingered on for so many years. It almost feels like they don't want Filipinos to go out of Pretty the country. Pretty much. It's, like it's, every single time I would tell that to my friends, yeah. to my Western friends, they would be like, that's crazy. It is crazy, but that's the reality of it. The immigration in the Philippines is stupid. So you were able to go through this time. This time was far easier than I ever imagined. I even talked to the immigration and I was very ready with you know papers in case they asked for it. This time I was very prepared. Um, I've traveled outside of the of the country with other people, but solo, not since then. Okay. <laughs> so this is actually my first time traveling solo outside. Were you very nervous? Very nervous. And so this time I said, okay, I'm ready. Ask me all these questions. And so he asked me, so what do you do? I said, I have a business back in Shergao. I was like, okay. And then he just paused and he scanned the room. He didn't even look me in the eye. Okay. And then he said, um, I haven't been to Shergao yet. <laughs> and I was like, what? This is such a weird transition of like questions and so we started talking about Shergao and I he asked for tips I gave tips and then I was off okay that was, that was really it. easy super easy but I think you know the tip when you go through the immigration as well is to really have the right papers yes to really true. have the right papers that would support your trip that yes. you know just to make sure that you're not going to work there legally or yes that you are definitely going to go back this is yeah. something they always look for gonna go back to the philippines yeah. yeah and that's the hard part because i don't know when i'm going back to the philippines so that was <laughs> i had to lie yeah <laughs> not necessarily lie well actually no i did <laughs> i said i was gonna be back in but two you can weeks. always <laughs> like sustain your traveling anyway like yes. how, how do you travel by the way like do you work i work online wow that's yeah. like literally the dream i hate this term but i'm a digital nomad what do you do i run an agency an advertising agency that's based in uh, perth australia okay and i help run the whole thing managing it so that's basically what helps you sustain your traveling. Yes, it's my full-time job. Okay, so tell me the way you're traveling. Do you do it in a backpacker way? Do you go on like luxurious hotels? I, of course, since in the wage isn't so much, I don't make that much money, then I do the backpacker's way. And if that's also smart for me because if I want to do this trip for a really long time, I have to really budget. Yeah, that's exactly what I do as well. Yeah. 
every once in a while, I do treat myself. If I mm-hmm. really feel tired and I need a really nice bed and a room to myself, yeah. I do that. Like in Cambodia, I stayed mm-hmm. my last two days in Kampot. I just, I had to have a room for myself with a really nice sheet that's with like your really yeah that's th- those are like small luxury like yes. when you're traveling alone and yes. you're doing and you appreciate it more absolutely if imagine if you live like that every day you lose the appreciation for it you have been traveling for five months now so far yes yes and that's across southeast asia yes <laughs> but you are currently doing some visa stuff for like your future travel plans right yes tell me how is it traveling with a Filipino passport because for me it's like literally such a mission it's a nightmare because like I said the reason why I'm traveling first in Southeast Asia is to gain that all those stamps on your passport it helps when you show the 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 embassy that you're applying for they see that you are a traveler so they don't think that you're gonna stay in their country and work there illegally and so it helps but it sucks to have to go through these things, you know, to have to apply for a, a visa. Um, so in May, I'm going back to the Philippines to apply for visas for China, Korea, and all that stuff. As what we have talked about in the Philippines, if you're a woman and you're traveling solo, it's being frowned upon by many people. People would think that you're lonely because you're traveling solo. <laughs> or people would or a broken heart. Broken hearted. Oh, I hate absolutely. that. I hate that assumption so much. I know. Like yeah. they're like, why? Why don't you have someone with you? And I'd be like, why do I actually need someone to be no, with me? Yeah, you don't right? need someone. Yeah, but. Um, so we're both traveling as a woman, but for you, since you've started like five months ago, how is it? Um, I thought it would be different in a sense that I wouldn't get all these questions the same way I would in back in the Philippines. But I still do get a lot of people asking me like, why aren't you with someone? Okay. I still get really? that. Yeah, I do. Which is, which is weird because I thought they'd be more, op- like they would see more female travelers going solo but i reckon like those people who would ask you are like locals um some locals yes most locals yeah yeah locals, yeah actually yeah. locals would really yeah because that happens to me as well but yeah. you meet lots of travelers and yes. they won't oh but some guys still ask me like solo traveling guys would also ask me like why are you traveling solo i guess if they're from i, I keep forgetting where they're from but maybe it depends on where they're from too yeah it always depends on the background but as a woman traveling across Southeast Asia alone, what exactly do you do to keep yourself safe? Um, I say this to everyone all the time, is that wherever you go in the world, even if they call it the safest city, you just have to be vigilant. Like you have to be smart about where you go, what time you go and who you're with, who you meet even. Like this is, this is simple, basic things that you should do it you don't need Always to be, trust your instinct yes. as well your and you intuitions. don't have to be you don't have to be an intellectual to know these things so for example if i go out at night i'm not gonna go out drinking if i'm with strangers okay i only drink with people and getting drunk if i've already built a relationship or trust with those people like so far in my trip from malaysia to thailand because my second country was thailand i didn't get drunk until Thailand. Yeah, that was it. Other than that, I don't get drunk with strangers. So you always like make it sure to be... You have to be safe. Responsible. Yeah. Drink moderately. Yes. Which I always do as well. Because, yes. you know, it's you really... You never know. You'll never know. Especially yeah. like here in Thailand. Like, it's such... 
a culture now to go backpacking and go drunk at the same time. Yeah, that's. It seems to be like the younger generation, um, the younger people. They tend to do that. Like they want to get drunk because it's an experience. But I think because we're older and we're smarter about things, mm-hmm. um, which I also encourage the younger people to think about as well. Because it traveling is not about getting drunk. No, yeah. traveling is about the experiences. It's about growth. It's about the people that you meet yes, on the road. All these experiences. And you're becoming like the journey that you're having all throughout the process. Yes. As well. Yeah. So, you know, when I started traveling, I get lots of questions. Yes. And the very first question <laughs> that they ask you, and I know you will relate to this, is where are you from? And whenever I would say, I'm from the Philippines, it's either I would get a question, wow, not so many Filipinos uh, I, I'm meeting traveling or you're the first ever Filipino that yes, I'm, I, get that I too. meet on the road yeah. or wow, why do you speak so good English? Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, so what are the usual questions that you actually get while traveling? The number one question, why is your English so good? That, that's, that's the number one question I get asked about, especially when they know I'm not from the US. I do have an American accent, not too thick though, but like it's there. And so, well, that's because we learn American English yeah, back in the Philippines. Yeah, you know? and then I would tell them, whenever I would tell them, I've never set foot outside of Asia. And then they're shocked. And then they ask me, why is your English so good? So what are the challenges that you have encountered so far? Because in my case, well, first is finances. Because when I was traveling, so right now I'm pretty settled here in Bangkok. But when I was doing the you know, moving around and traveling across Southeast Asia. I didn't really have a proper job. So I was literally... Did you, you save know, up for it? I did. God, I how did. long did you save up for? literally just had 2,000 USD mm-hmm. when I started traveling, which I had to keep. But I, I would get like some jobs on the road, like... Did you, you know, do volunteering as well? I did. Oh, that's so much fun. I, I worked in a hostel when yeah. I was in Vietnam. So tell me, what are the challenges that you have encountered in the past five months as a female solo traveler? Safety is always the number one thing that, you know, us females think about. And the one thing I really don't like and bothers me a lot is the whole idea of just even walking outside on the street at night. Okay. Like, I just that, wanna... that still scares you. It does because... Anything could happen, you know, even if it's still 7 p.m., anything Mm -hmm. could happen. So even if I just want to walk down the street to the restaurant and eat, I get scared. Because I, you again, you never know what's going to happen. I agree. And because you're a woman, because you're dressed as a woman, you are even more vulnerable to, you know, people who want to rob you. Or So I, what I do is I try to just, um, I, I research about where I'm staying. Mm-hmm. And I try to to observe for the first night, like, what the crowd is like in that street. Yeah. If it's too quiet, I'm never going to risk it. If it, if every now and then there's a restaurant that's open down there, if there are people on the street, if it's slightly lively, I'm okay with walking down the street. But generally, if it's a dark alley, don't go there. Yeah. Or it can be really scary to yeah. travel solo. It is. But have you ever had a bad encounter? Because I generally never had one. Like, to be honest, I went to Cambodia to the party place and it was, I was really alone. I was walking down the road, a very dark road. But in I Phnom Penh? Ne- no, it was in Siem Reap. Siem Reap, okay. Yeah. Oh, Pub Street. Yeah, Pub Street. Yeah, <laughs> but I never had, I would have to say, like, Southeast Asia is pretty, pretty much. It's generally safe. Safe, yes. yeah, for, Except for female. For, 
Except for, like, for example, in big cities, mm-hmm. Bangkok or Kuala Lumpur, like, just don't risk going to dark alleys. That's it. Take a cab if you have to. I generally feel safe here in Bangkok. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, but as a traveler, like, I don't know the city. Like, I don't live here. So if I'm traveling through, I still don't feel safe. Even if you say it is. Because, again, that's me being vigilant all the time. And the second thing I think that would be challenging is um, making friends. <laughs> oh, I totally agree with you on that. Because... <laughs> You're literally out of your comfort zone. Back in Cebu, where I live, where I lived and grew up, everyone knows me and I know everyone. And so making you got friends, bigger circle, and you're pretty much connected to yes. everyone. Making friends is too easy because it's always through mutual friends. You meet people through people, or you know they want to meet you because you're a local. Um, now that I'm on the road, I have to put effort into actually talking to people, and I didn't grow up with that. I didn't have to Reach try so out. hard. Yeah, yeah, because it, friends always just come to you, yep. and you didn't really have to make such an effort. No, but you know what? It doesn't just happen while you're traveling. Like right now, even I'm oh, here and it's hard here. It is really hard yeah. because, especially if you're living in a transition city where everyone is just in transit and people come and go. Yeah, you kind of build a connection, and then people leave, and then you know. Oh, that's always the hardest part. It, it is. It makes you wonder, like. Should I continue this friendship? Because it it sucks, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, to have to meet people. Like the people I met in Pai, I love them so much. I really... Hi, guys, if you're listening. <laughs> but so those people, for example, like, as much as... There are a lot of times before Thailand that I wouldn't um, necessarily invest in friendships anymore because sometimes it's just not worth it. Sometimes. But then when you when you do find people who are worth it, you do spend all those times with them. I think making friends while traveling is hard and easy at the same time. Like, when yeah. you meet the right people, like, it's just so easy to keep the connections, it you is, know, yeah. like, to keep in touch and to do the trip together. Yeah. And I think the third one is just something I recently also experienced is loneliness. Oh, tell me about oh, it. I, I mean, I could imagine you living here on your own in a, in a foreign country. How lonely does it get? Oh, my God. Um... That's the question that, <laughs> like, when I was about to leave Philippines, mm-hmm. people told me that, okay, you're going to be homesick. And I was like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> not a chance. Because when I was in the Philippines, I was traveling so much as well. Like, every weekend I wasn't home. So I was like, I don't think I'm going to miss home, to be honest. I was more of, like, excited. Mm-hmm. But after a few months, like, even until now, <laughs> to be very honest, like, I could still feel lonely yeah. at some stage and I would it hits you it hits you yeah. like there's no place like home yeah for me it was when I was in Hanoi just a few weeks ago in, in January number one I went at the wrong time it was, it was winter, winter. <laughs> <laughs> and you were sending me messages and I was like telling you girl you have to like just you I know, know it's keep just up because it's really like that the thing is like I've never tried winter weather before and I don't know what to expect so when I got to Hanoi it was winter it was too cold for what I'm used to it's um I didn't see the sun for more than five days so that was too much for me and then that's when you start you know, I don't know what it is, but I just got depressed and I started getting lonely. And fuck, I didn't know how to deal with it. It was the first time I've ever felt lonely in a really long time. And especially, you know, in a, in a big city like that, it's, it's one of the things I'm still learning to deal with. And I continue to find ways to deal with it. What do you do after which? Um, I do something that makes me happy. So you know what I did? I booked a flight the next day to Malaysia. <laughs> So you were supposed to stay in Hanoi for another two weeks. 
but you just got your I trip bailed. short. Yeah. yeah. Which is pretty fine, I think. Yeah. You know, what I've learned as well is if you're really not happy yeah. in that place, then you just move. Yeah, that's it. So tell me, how's the romance like on the road? Oh my god, Ada, you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you would know. <laughs> okay, Mayan and I have connected on a certain level where we have so much things alike, yeah, right? We have a lot of things in common, especially when it comes to romance. Romance, <laughs> yeah. So... Let's I mean, you live in a transit city, so it's hard to... It really, when you build connections with somebody... And it's then really hard. Yeah, yeah, it's really hard to make connections because people <laughs> just come and go. Yeah. So tell me about your most memorable travel romance oh. story. See, the thing is, if I say... It, it's nothing like so serious romance, but I did like someone so much. Tell me about him. <laughs> I met him in Chiang Mai. <laughs> okay, what's his nationality? <laughs> He's American, and um, it's it's really, you know, like um, when you meet somebody where you're comfortable with like um, hanging out, and I wouldn't say it's like love, love romance. How do you meet? You know what I uh, tell us? How oh do you meet? God. I meet a lot of guys on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> How's Tinder while traveling? Um, I'm very straightforward about what I want when I'm traveling. What do you want? I want sex. <laughs> <laughs> so you're using Tinder to get laid. Yes. Um, I think Tinder in itself already has its reputation of like, you know, just being wham bam. Just barely hook up. Yeah. That's why I don't like Tinder, to be yeah. honest. And that's fine because you live here and, you know... I. If if you're kind I would of settled rather down, use Bumble. To be oh, honest. why is it better than Tinder though? It's not straight hookup. Oh, that's nice. So it's like you know, getting to know each other and stuff yeah. like that. So tell me about this but guy. But that's something you want, right? Like just finding someone to date. To date. That's yeah. exactly why I am on Bumble. Bumble. Yeah. Bumble versus Tinder. I would rather have Bumble. So you met this guy on Tinder. Yes, I met him on Tinder, and it was just the usual. You know, I I'm not the one night stand kind of person if it does happen and we don't connect that's fine you know these things you cannot control and when i meet people it's it's genuinely no expectations um but with this guy <laughs> i really connected well with him he's so smart he's smart he's funny and you know you you can easily enjoy a date doing all these things together all these adventurous stuff but he's also the type of person where you can spend the whole day together, not do anything, and still have fun. And I think that was the 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 best part about it. Was the sex good? Oh, so good. <laughs> uh, yes, it was. <laughs> Did you use a condom? Fuck yeah, of course. Well, contraceptives are frowned upon. Sex topic is sex topic upon. is frowned upon. Yeah, you're not supposed to talk about sex. No, we didn't even have sex education. But it's, you are promiscuous. <laughs> we are promiscuous right now because yes. we're talking about it. I would say I'm just a sexually open person and I enjoy my sexuality. I enjoy sex. That's really good. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for representing <laughs> us. Of course. <laughs> but I always, I've been on the pill for the last five years since I... Is was, that how you practice safe sex? Yes. Okay. But it doesn't mean that I don't use condoms when I meet people because... It's not just about the pregnancy. It's about the STDs as well. Yeah. So especially it, when you're traveling. Yeah. I'm like, not going to risk that. Um, but for some occasions, this is where I'm going to be honest. There are going to be some people where if I really genuinely feel a good connection with that person, sex without a condom is better, you know. 
So we talk about Absolutely it. Absolutely better. <laughs> It's the best. Yes. So we actually talk about it. We ask each other if you know if we've been tested. I'm clean. You're clean. And then we have at it. <laughs> we have sex. So you had sex with this guy without condom. Yes. <laughs> um. What about you? <laughs> what about me? Have you had like um, like not a dating kind of like what's your romance life like right now? Right now. <laughs> Why are you putting me on the spot? Ada, will you tell it all? <laughs> you have to answer. <laughs> it is really difficult to like make genuine connections um, while you're traveling. And it's even more difficult, I would have to say, when you're living in a transition city. Because yeah. as what I've as what we have said, people just come and go. Yeah. Right now I'm single. And you hear that guys, he's she's single. I, I'm hundred percent single. <laughs> How special is this guy? What's what where is he now? Um he's currently back in the US and Are you going to see each other again? Um, I don't know, actually. So these things I don't plan for. So in your case, people leave. I'm the one who leaves because I'm the one who's traveling. Aww. But he's also a traveler himself. So we're both going on different directions. And it's, it's, I'm not saying there's something romantic going on between us. I know he likes me and I know, and I, know I like him. And so for when you're traveling, you cannot, you cannot easily commit. You shouldn't actually it's really hard it's hard but you have to practice that i think because i've been through so much already that i learned how to pace myself when i meet someone nice you should teach me more about that to Maybe be honest i should i should be your coach i know <laughs> what about you ada do you practice safe sex i do practice safe sex Um, but I don't use pills. I use condom because, as you know, like I'm single and I'm just here. I'm pretty much settled here in Bangkok. And to be very honest with you, I wasn't into exploration of my sexuality until last year. No way. Yes. Only last year. Only last year. Like I wouldn't really have sex outside a relationship before that. Mm -hmm. And as you know, like back in the Philippines, it's just so sad that sex topic is being frowned upon yeah. and we didn't have sex education mm -hmm. which is basically the very reason why the population is really <laughs> fucked yes. up back home yep. but then you know when you go out of the country and like you started traveling and meeting people you kind of unlearn things and learn things as well yes. so i sort of like started exploring my sexuality and it's very liberating you know like I really genuinely think that women should be really taught how to enjoy themselves. Enjoy themselves, <laughs> you know, like explore their sexuality, yes. know what they want, you know. So, yeah, I am not into one night stand. Yeah. Maybe it's because there's still this, you know, um, maybe because of my background. Like yeah. we both came from a very conservative country. country so... <laughs> I don't really find fulfillment into that because yeah. it's purely like physical. But, you yeah. know, as what you said, if it happens, it happens. But yeah, I, I do practice safe sex. But you've been having fun since last year. I've been having so much fun. <laughs> okay, tell me, best sex. How do we actually qualify best sex? I really think that it's more of like your sexual energy, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so like, for example, I met this guy... And where is he from? 
he's from England. Okay. And yeah, so like the connection was really there, and you know we both kind of knew how we wanted it to be, and I think it's also because we really connected on a certain level more than like sexual level.、Mm-hmm. So I think it was. All these things put into together, like an overall feeling. Yes, of, like being with him emotionally,、yes. mentally, physically. Physically, of course, of course best sex after best all. Best sex after all. Yeah. yeah, it's a relative thing, I think, because for me,、um, my best sex, I, I categorize them into two things. Because I have to admit that physically there is a best sex in terms of like just fucking, but then there's also the best sex where you're emotionally invested. And I've learned this from you know my former relationship. Is it was my my ex and I had a great connection, all four aspects, and it was great. Sex was great,、um, but not necessarily the best. That's what I'm saying. Like there, are, like I said, as as best sex is a relative thing. It also depends on what kind of sex are you asking for. So in this <laughs> trip, are you having lots of best sex? Oh my god! <laughs> Whoo! Hot, hot, hot seat. Um, I do have I have been lucky where I have been with great guys. Um, I do have one in Kuala Lumpur. He's like he's the physical, really good sex, like physically everything, the going down, um, going down on me, me going down on him, and everything else. And this, I'm actually again not seeing this guy, but I planned a trip to Bali with a guy. <laughs> so you're meeting this guy. Yes, I met him in Malaysia, and again, no expectations. We just hung out. We get along so much. We 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 spent so much time in um. We went on just random dates. We went to see the hot air balloon festival. We went to the temples. So with this guy, those things happen, and I'm very comfortable with just you know shooting the shit with him, so to speak. Are you not scared to fall in love with him? No. <laughs> How do you set the expectations? Like when you're moving around and you meet people that you, you know, you have a strong connection with. How do you tell yourself, like, okay, this is just temporary. This is not going to last. How do you level that expectation? It takes a lot of practice. Like, I admit, I haven't been this emotionally strong than stronger than ever.、Um, I used to. Easily hurt myself, you know, with all these expectations. But then once you meet somebody, it's just you shouldn't invest any emotion at all for a good time because these things are temporary. So what I do is just I just enjoy the moment. When you actually enjoy somebody's company, it's rare. But you always have to remind yourself again, mind and heart. They have to work at the same time. That it's not gonna last, or you should you wouldn't know what's gonna happen next. And I don't think this is just applicable for traveling. This is applicable even when you're here, living in the city. When you meet someone, even if they, you both live in the same place, tell me about it. Yeah, <laughs> even if you, you still cannot expect anything. You try to live in the moment, but、yes. you know, every single time, it's kind of easy to say to just live in the moment. But when you are in that moment, <laughs> you get carried away, and you know, expectations build up, and it's just. 
get messy when feelings get involved. So I really admire you for Aww, being so you. emotionally <laughs> strong about it. Because I try. Yeah, to be very honest, like I'm still on the process of doing that, mm-hmm. and you know, it takes. It's a, not easy. It's never easy. Yeah. It's never easy, especially if you're constantly moving yeah. and you know, you know, in yourself, like there's no shame in admitting that yeah. at some stage you can, and you kind of want to be of with course. someone. So tell me, like, how has traveling changed you in the past five months? Would you say that Mayan last year is way different from Mayan right now? Could you could you say there were changes? I, I I'm not sure if I've really reflected on that just yet, but one thing I know for sure is I'm happier. I'm I'm discovering more about myself. And I know it sounds like the, oh my God, I'm finding myself trip. But it is true though, as cheesy as it sounds, but traveling does help you find yourself or not really find yourself, but to know more about what you had in you that you didn't think you have. What can you say about those people, especially from the Philippines, especially women who have been wanting to travel, but are so scared because they think that it's dangerous or they think that or they think that people will judge them for choosing this path mm-hmm. um i always heard this phrase before and i know i'm just going to quote another f- famous brand but just do it like for me i never understood what they meant when i would ask people like how do you do it how do you just go out and travel how do you just leave and they just keep saying you just got to do it and it didn't hit me like it didn't i didn't understand until you actually are until doing i actually it. started traveling and then i understood it this fear fear is what blocks everything in anything in life if you have fear you can't do anything so the first thing you need to do is stop fearing number one what other people think who gives a fuck what they think they don't care it's your life do what you want do what makes you happy so one get rid of your fear and two Just do it. What you need to do is just stop thinking too much. Remember when I said I didn't really have a plan for my trip? Because I think that's the best way to do it. Have an idea of where you want to go, what you want to do. But then just like the beginning of everything starts with one step. And if you don't take that one step, you're never going to start. Because of fear, again, remove fear and just do it. Take it one step at a time. It's really nice. I agree with you. And yes. you know what? What I have learned in the past two years is that you will always end up fine. Yes. It might be so freaking scary in the beginning, but you will always, always end up fine. Totally agree. Everyone, you will just be fine. I actually, this is one of the biggest reasons why I share my travel stories. Why I started this blog anyway about travel is because not a lot of Filipinos travel And not a lot of Filipino girls or women travel. And that's really something that makes me sad because there's so much fun and adventure out there, guys. Like, I this agree is, with you. This is one of the best things I've ever done in my life. And I want you to have it. I want all of us to have it. I want everyone to experience it. So if you are from the Philippines, if you're a, if, if you're a woman, don't be afraid. Like Ada said, you'll be fine. Absolutely. Mayan, thank you so much for being with me here today. I really appreciate it. 
No, thank you for giving me this opportunity to tell it all with you. I think it's important. I love the concept of your podcast, by the way. This is something thank I was... Thank you so much. I'm very proud of you. Um, I think this is... These are... There are a lot of things that people need to talk about. Um, like, for example, the fears of traveling solo. This is to inspire women. This is to inspire people in general, if we talk about these things. And um, sex, talking about sex, it's something that needs to be talked about so it's normalized. Absolutely. We need to remove the stigma of talking about sex. And, you know, being honest about travel romance, I mean, why should it be wrong? You know, again, normalizing these things. Not necessarily that it's something that you should do, but these things happen. And that's fine. You don't have to hide it. You don't have to be embarrassed about it. Thank you so much for telling it all. And I wish you good luck on your traveling. Thank you so and much. I will see you again. Bye.